Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after Liverpool progress in two more cup competitions. The quadruple is still on again. Um, I've got Beryl Akis in the Netherlands. I've got Johnny Henderson. And Johnny, you're in Belfast, presumably, after your short illness. It's good to hear you well again. And I'm sure the Reds have helped, Johnny. They have indeed. Yeah, two wins. Mm, Um, They have indeed. Yeah, yeah. And listen, um, we continue just to fly under the radar here. People are begrudgingly starting to like go, candidate, not convinced yet because they're not very good defensively, even though we've got the best defensive record in the league and the best goalkeeper in the world, the best centre half in the world, the best right back in the world. But anyway, that's another thing. Um, (laughs) And currently, in Joe Gomez, the best like left auxiliary left back in the world, and in Endo, the best six in the world. Who knew it? But we do now. But look, let's let's just touch touch on Arsenal. I think you're probably looking at that and going typical, typical tie, typical Liverpool third round FA Cup tie, the second hardest tie that you could pro- possibly get. You know, aside from away at City. And John, I always say about FA Cup draws, I don't really care who we get. Just give me a home draw. And we don't get that. And we get who at the time I think are the league leaders. So, great. Yeah. But, and I think we, we, we find ourselves in in a position where we've played them recently. We've drawn one each. They are very good for large parts of the first half of that game. And, you know, do create some decent chances. And people say Arsenal should have been sheer four or five up in the first half. Yeah, we're probably not great in the early 10 minutes, but personally, I think we kind of keep them at arm's length a bit, and they don't really have clear-cut chances, in the, certainly in the first half. I don't think maybe... Is, does Jesus have a header he said absolutely bury? I don't know. No, he wasn't playing. So, no, I think the only one I really noticed that was Havertz's header at the back post. He maybe yeah, but look, I think it's kind of the story of our season where we, we, we look a bit ropey in the first half, but we, we find a way back and, and ultimately we go and we get the result and, and we walk we walk away demoralising a potential title rival and putting herself in the hat for round four. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, I mean, it reminded me, Sunday's game probably reminded me why a lot of the times now I just turn off the commentary um, because I really just can't be arsed anymore, whether it's Sky, usually Sky, to be honest. Um, You know, the hysterics of trying to force a narrative in every game, which, you know, Gary Neville was taken to new heights in the Newcastle game when... um, 45 minutes in, we put in our best performance of the season, and he was saying um, Klopp will be furious with these players, and I was thinking, what fucking planet are you on, mate? We've just absolutely smashed them off the pitch. But Sunday reminded me of that because Shearer was doing it, and he was, you know, he was talking as if, you know, Arsenal, oh, how are they not three or four up? It was just ridiculous. I mean, we didn't play well in the first half. They pressed us very well. Their shape was very good. They did force turnovers, most notably the one when Saka took the ball off Gomez. And, you know, it ended up with Odegaard hitting it off the bar. So they did, you know, the pressing was good and they were on top of us. But as I said, a lot of Arsenal fans who were sort of saying, oh, we should have hammered you. Um, did Allison make a good save in the entire game? I remember in the first half, Ben White sort of drove a shot right down his throat and he just tipped it over the bar. But... Yeah, they had some good positions, um, but we got our blocks and we, we we didn't play well in the first half. You know, um, we we didn't we weren't at the races really. But Allison never really had a save to make, and in the second half, we we just made changes and we had sort of the aces up our sleeve when you know Gapko. Um, and Jada, when you know when Jada came on, he really makes a difference. And yeah, I just thought it was really, you know, the second half was a really even game, and we were just really clinical. And 
we took our chances and Arsenal just at the minute are struggling for confidence. They're a bit they're a bit nervous and we had the killer instinct late in the game to go and um finish it. So yeah, that that was the way I, I saw it, Dave. I did not I did not buy the narrative that we were absolutely appalling and should have been four or five down at half time. I thought that was horseshit. I thought we managed the game pretty well. And we always talk about, you know, who's better, being better in both boxes. You know, there's a lot of stuff happens in the middle third of the pitch with the players we had missing. Um, you know, Arsenal definitely had the upper hand in, in midfield, but in both boxes, we got our blocks in. We didn't really give them a clear shot on goal. If you think about the save that Ramsdale makes from Diaz, which was the best save of the game. Jota hits the bar way ahead, or Trent's hit the bar in the first half. Um, we in both boxes, we were far and away the more efficient team, and that's why we won, and that's why we're through. So, yeah, that's how I saw it. Really, considering the players out, really good result. Yeah, and I think John, Johnny's absolutely right. Beryl, he touched on a really pertinent point there. Yes, Arsenal maybe could have done more with the opportunities they had, maybe not the chances, but the other side of the coin, or the other way to look at it is, Liverpool defend really well. And no more so than than Ibu Kanate. And again, I, and you, you don't want to be you know hyperbolic about it, but that very much looked like a common of age performance for him, especially with young Quanta beside him, who looks like you know years beyond his age. But because normally what we've seen are like a variety of different centre back partnerships that aren't Virgil that aren't particularly good. And, you know, I'm probably pointing mostly towards the Joe Gomez, Joel Maddock partnership that, we, that we've that we seen occasionally and certainly saw after after Virgil got his, his injury. Um, even Kanate and Maddock, the, the balance looks wrong um, because obviously Virgil's really, really the one naturally plays on that left-hand side. But Quanta comes in, I think, provides that balance. But Kanate is just, you know, he just looked like he relished the responsibility of being the senior centre half and leading by example. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes that's what you need, uh, the, the chance to, uh, to, to be the top dog, uh, uh, in, 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 in this case, in the defence. So, and, and yeah, he did. Uh, and maybe he felt uh, some sort of responsibility, not only for... Kwanzaa, but you know, uh, we were, um, you know, we were missing a, a lot of players. Um, you know, um, some are away on international duty, some are injured. But uh, yeah, and 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 it's not strange that you don't play your best football if you don't have your best players. So, um, and 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 I thought, you know, um, Arsenal did have the, the right tactics to 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 um, to deal with that. Uh, you know our our build-up play was was very bad. I would I would say, and that had you know to do with their tactics, but also with uh, you know with the fact that uh, uh, Joe Gomez has you know I, I I've lauded him uh, last week, and and uh, I will uh, you know continue to do so. But uh, as as a, uh, a a right-footed player playing on on the left side, he. Um, you know uh, the, the 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 byline. No, it's not the byline. The touchline is, is not his friend, so he needs to turn inside uh, and and cannot usually play the ball with left. So, uh, and if you make use of that uh, as as uh, as the uh, the opponent, then uh, you 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 limit uh, our build-up play, and that's what happened. And I think uh, you know Gakpo and Elliot not being in their right positions. Didn't help as, as well. So uh, yeah, we we needed to defend. Um, we needed to close down in, in some situations. We needed to to react to to losing the ball in very dangerous positions uh, a, a couple of times. And and uh, yeah, and 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 Konate was needed there. And and uh, and he did exactly what what uh, what what we needed from him. He, he it was in some some ways you could say in a, an old school uh, type of. A performance, you know, pu- putting his body on the line. Uh, the, the block against Reese Nelson, I thought, was was, you know, the fact that he saw that the danger was there, 
um, and you know, Reese Nelson is a very quick, nimble player, a, 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 a small player. But uh, Ibu had had seen what what would happen, and therefore was in time to to block that ball. Um, and there were more more situations in which he just you know took the ball off uh, of their uh, their attackers. Uh, Harvard's uh, you know it was was blamed for 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 missing a lot of the chances, but. Uh, and 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 they were saying that he should have taken you know uh, his chances earlier, but but he couldn't. In, in if if you look at the, the situations, if you look back at the situations, because we pressed him. You know, um, after we lost the ball, we 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 were still we were you know in, in the position to um, to to quickly uh, you know uh, get on top of them so that they couldn't uh, couldn't shoot or you know uh, had to. to Pull out sh- shots that weren't very dangerous. So yeah, uh, Ibo was was magnificent, and uh, you know uh, we we've seen uh, uh, performances like this. Maybe not as good as this one, but uh, his 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 career has been hampered by all of these most you know mostly small injuries, but you know a lot of them. And hopefully he stays fit. And if he does, uh, you know, um, we have a, a very, very good defender in, in, in him. Yeah, uh, look, I think we all know the talents there. It, it, it's probably just the, um, it, it's probably just the consistency in terms of availability that, that we need to look at. Uh, and yeah, there's been injury issues this season. Just shockingly, you know, he's available. Joe Gomez is available, which which is great. Johnny, um, Trent, like just another another performance of a player that appears to be turning into an absolute leader. He's strutting around the pitch at the minute like he fucking owns the joint you know and another performance he's decisive with the free kick that leads to the own goal um he hits the bar and he just is at the center of everything not even good but everything great that we do at the minute and his influence grows by the week yeah, it's it, it's a real funny one, isn't it? Because since he's moved, his move into that position where we've given him a bit more freedom, got him a bit, you know, he's more involved centrally. Um, it's coincided with the big improvement at the tail end of last season. We've obviously persisted with it, and you know we're in we're in mid January, we're top of the league. We're competing on all four fronts. However, <laughs> you know, you've got a lot of sort of social media, fan media, and I would say as well, like not not necessarily daft, like YouTube idiot fan media, but there's still quite a lot of people that, you know, would be quite serious talking about Liverpool that would still question, oh, I still think we'd be better if we, <laughs> you know, if he played more conventionally out wide, we lack width. So it's a, it, it is a funny one, but I don't think anyone can deny like he loves it, as you say, Dave. He you know he's he's taken to it like a duck to water. He loves the freedom. When when Connor Bradley came on, you could see that he had a, an extra almost pep in his step where he was like, right, I've actually got a right back playing here, and I can. Just fully focus on hurting this team now and getting on the ball and finding players and turning them around. Um, but yeah, there, there was there was one he did in the the first half, you know, where he took the ball a really high pass and he and he did that little swivel and controlled it with like where his instep and just turned in one movement. And I just thought, Jesus, you are at the peak of your power. So technically, he can turn on a ball take a pass like that and motor away from people. Um, I think that's actually, that's a really, that's a point I've noticed, Johnny, that I hadn't seen in this game before. He now seems to have the ability to run away from people. 
Do you know what I mean? To burst yeah, past them and run away from them. He does, and he and he probably Dave has always been like when he was coming through the ranks at Liverpool, he was a, a ball carrying midfielder of note, you know, as a youth player. And then we, you know, obviously had seen the ability he has with that right foot, and we converted him to to a fullback or a right back in that system, not a conventional fullback, but you know, it certainly wasn't a role he played in the youth team. Um. So he's got these attributes in midfield, but you can just see, as you say, like with the maturity now he brings, with the range of passing, his vision, his confidence, he knows he's one of the main men. And it's just his way to pass. He's he's one of these players that, you know, if you're the opposition, you see him getting his head up and, and, and striking that ball and you're just panicking. You're thinking, fuck, he's going to really, really hurt us here. And he has, he's just matured and he's coming along and he's just so important now. So hopefully this this injury is just a minor sort of three-week job, which, you know, we can give him a wee rest for a few weeks now and get him back for, hopefully for Arsenal away, um, because he's absolutely pivotal to what we're doing at the minute and, we, and we'll need him. We're, we're going to need him for the challenges that are coming up. But, yeah, he's smashing it out of the park at the minute, Trent. Brilliant. Yeah, and, and also, Beryl, from that position, I know people have been saying, oh, the assists aren't there and the numbers aren't there. But actually, his chance creation is right up there at the top um, in both the Premier League this season and for the calendar year 2023, um, which obviously, you know, it, it was... It wasn't long into 2023 when he sort of starts to, to move into that that inverted role, as they've called it, hybrid role, whatever. Um, but what he also has is a new system of play, which is more direct, and a big, giant fucking sprinter up front to hit the ball to. Diaz... Wants to run in behind. Jota always wants to get in behind. He's obviously, you know, that that pass to Salah that has been so reminiscent of of his play over the last number of years is still one of those key passes that you see on the pitch, regardless. Um, but because we are so narrow, Salah is getting that space out wide. And what he's doing with it now, he's turned himself into that that playmaker. That like that that pass has now become like Salah's kind of special move because he, he's, he's done this load. Like, do you remember he just used to curl one into the top corner every other week? He hasn't done that in about three years. Um, and that was what you always kind of um, associated with Salah. And then there was also that period where, do you remember he would just pop up at the back post all the time and just scuff one over the line? Well, now it is that sort of, and I think probably one of the best examples is, is the is the Gakpo second goal against against Manchester United. We saw it against um, Chelsea first day of the season. That that pass with kind of steps. It's just a little side foot. I've, I've never really seen anybody do that pass before. And between Trent having those options of the space in behind and players wanting to run in behind, and Salah making his game much more rounded and varied. That is just a completely new dimension with two players that have been doing something like pretty different for the last five years. And I still think that teams are struggling to work out how to deal with it. Yeah, um, um, I, I think again, Arsenal did, did have a, a good plan for, and and, and it worked out in the, in, the, in the first half. Uh, and and um, I think part of the problem was that there wasn't an out ball on the Salah position because Elliot was there, and you know uh, I, uh, I'm on a, on record uh, as a, as a fan of Elliot, but I'm not a fan of, uh, in in that position uh, because. Um, I, I just don't think he he has the 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 acceleration, the speed to to be uh, you know the, to play that role. You know, yeah, and no one uh, c- could be a, um, a like for like uh, 
replacement for for Salah. That so that, that wouldn't be fair to expect that. But uh, you know, anyone who, who who needs to play there needs to be able to do uh, just as you said um, to, uh, to to keep the. the the fullback guessing, uh, being able to, to go in behind, being able to, to go uh, inside. Um, and so that, that ball wasn't present. Uh, at, the, at the other side, uh, Luis Diaz is, is uh, someone who, who um, mostly comes back to, to get the ball and wants the ball in his feet. And, and Darwin was, uh, was locked up uh, by, by two uh, center backs. So, you know, that ball wasn't there. Um, but we made the changes, and I think one of the, the, the differences from this season's, uh, uh, you know, Klopp Liverpool and 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 last, you know, two seasons, I would say, uh, up until maybe the the the, the Arsenal game uh, at home last season, uh, was that we were, you know, tactically a bit rigid, and and now we aren't. Uh, we change um, how we play. Constantly and and just by shifting players from positions to other positions, um, but also yeah um, um, and you know tweaking things, just doing things a little more differently. And uh, you know one of the first passes that Trent gave in the second half against uh, against Arsenal was a ball on Darwin. Uh, you know that that diagonal ball. You know, not as diagonal as you know when he would have played as a, as a right back, but still uh, playing the ball right behind the, the defense. Uh, and Darwin has all the speed, and if he has the space, and now he had it because we, he was playing from the left. Now uh, it was instantly clear that 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 White was going to have a problem there. It was instantly uh, clear for 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 Arsenal that they couldn't press as high anymore. Uh, and, and, but you, you need to have, uh, you know, they they have called them the quarterback now. And but you know, let's 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 just stay at at uh, the, the the real football. He he is a playmaker now, and I think he is one of the best playmakers in world football at this moment. Um, I I I I was in awe of what I was seeing uh, against Arsenal. But you know, you could you could say he he has been. Um, you know, he 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 was uh, one of our best players uh, in the past seasons as well. But now he 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 has even developed more. And uh, you know, I I, I think um, maybe because we have been seeing him for so long, people don't um, appreciate what how how good a player Trent Alexander Arnold is. I, I think. Uh, hopefully, people will start seeing it, or you know, maybe uh, they will see it afterwards. But yeah, I, I, I've said it before the the pod. Um, I, I think he's moving into Ballon d'Or uh, type of quality uh, territory. I would say he he yeah, I am in awe. Is is w- where I should end this uh, this monologue. Yeah, I think we all are, except um, Gary Lineker announced here with his. An ability to like stop a, a winger going past him every single time he's run out. Um, Johnny, let's 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 go to the other cup competition now. It's it's Norwich or Bristol City. Well, that's still the same cup competition. He's still talking FA Cup. Ah, uh, yeah. Is it Bristol City or Bristol Rovers? It's Bristol Rovers, isn't it? Because Bristol City have a replay with West Ham. Ah, that's maybe what it is, right? Bristol Rovers, they're even worse. So, you know, it's a home draw. You'd like to think, right, happy days. Let's get, let's get ourselves into, into the sixth round, uh, or sorry, into the fifth round. And then, like, you're giving away from the quarterfinal, essentially. Um, we're already in one semi, and Fulham, Johnny, I think we start pretty well. Um, it's not a threadbare team, but, you know, you've got some inexperience in there. You've got Elliot kind of trying to forge something like that right-hand side. You know, Trent's missing, Sabozlai's still missing, um, Endo's missing. 
you go with Jota, Diaz, um, as opposed to Gakpo, Nunez, uh, and Gravenberg's placed in the midfield. But again, we 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 do what we do and we find a way. And again, at the heart of it, it's becoming a recurrent theme now. Um, Jones with another statement performance in there, just being so effective in everything he does. And I think Sky threw up the stats today. It's like most dribbles, most shots, most shots on target, um, highest pass percentage. His pass percentage is 99%. It's 40 out of 49 passes, right? And they're not all safe passes. They're passes into the final third and in the final third as well. And yeah, he's not shy and having a pop of goal. And he he makes his own luck there by by striking the ball really well um, and taking that deflection. But he's just showing so much game intelligence and so much maturity. And I think what I, I think what I like and the clip has started doing the rounds. I think this evening, but. There's that touch he takes with the ball dropping out of the sky on the edge of his box. And I think, oh, he's pushed that too far away. But he's obviously seen the space. And it's one of those things that Klopp says all, all the time that you think, oh, that's a bit risky doing that in there. But we hear Klopp use the term cheeky all the time. And that was the cheekiest thing I've seen anybody do in a long time. Yeah, that was an outrageous bit of skill. I saw it at the time. And I thought, I think like most people, I thought, Christ, he's... What's he doing? He's taking a real heavy touch, but it was totally intentional. Um, yeah, he, he's one that you can sort of firmly put now in the... He's clearly taken his game to a level where if there are any doubters left, they are very, very, they're very harsh doubters, and I would argue probably not paying attention to what he's doing on the pitch is he really has established himself. Um, if you think back to the ludicrous sending off at Spurs in that ludicrous farce of a game where they forgot to update the scoreboard and went down to nine men and lost, uh, the only only bloody league game we've lost, you know, that, that was a real blow to him because he was, he was just ticking along and that really disrupted his season. You know, he missed three games, then he got Niggles injuries, but it's great. It's great to see him back. I know we were talking pre-pod about the, you know, the the bit of swagger he showed when he just muscled Ben uh, White off the ball and then did that lovely wee sort of drag round with his foot and, and won the free off and just taking the piss. But, yeah, I, th- I thought the, the game last night was... It was hard going at times. You know, in the first half, the crowd weren't really up for it. It's a League Cup semi-final against Fulham. It's not exactly like Barcelona with everything on the line. And I thought the crowd reflected... And and it's first leg as well, Johnny, which never helps. Because you're only really watching the first half, right? There's no real jeopardy there. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it all played into that, you know, into that... um, you know, the narrative was set beforehand. They get a goal that's it's really avoidable. It's It all starts with Kanadi booting the ball out for a throw when, you know, Kelleher was just coming to grab it. And then they, you know, we never really get out. And they have a throw and Virgil makes a bad header. And William, just how he squeezes that shot through Van Dyke's fucking legs, I'll never know. Van Dyke's legs were so close together. It was unbelievable. He just managed to get through. So everything went against us. But like like most things we've done this season, um, you know, we just figured out a way. And Gapko and Nunez come on. I think Gapko's excellent. I think Nunez is excellent. I know he doesn't score, but... He can't really do anymore. I think Klopp said that himself. You know, he forces a save with a header. He he forces a brilliant point blank save. He sets up gap go brilliantly. You know, for the for, for the goal that puts us in front. Um, we just tweak things. We manage to find a way in midfield. And of course, listen, when you've got Sabozlai, Trent, Salah missing down your right hand side, of course the balance is going to look a little bit 
a little bit off. You've got Joe Gomez at, at, at left back, and he's been brilliant and really, you know, admirably filling in across the line when he's needed to. But there was times last night where you, you were just crying out for a Simicast or Robbo to, you know, whip in one of those crosses. But we stuck at it. There was some jeopardy, I mean, in terms of they, they had a couple of chances on the break, but they, they just weren't clinical enough. But I would argue that's just Fulham. They, they don't have the top, top-level players. And then we just get a bit of momentum. And, and in the end, Fulham are lucky. You know, I think we should be coming out of there with a 3-1 um, on that. So it, it, I think all in all, you know, considering the players out, considering the way the first half ended, really... It's a really, really good result. And and just come back to, the, I just wanted to quickly say in the FA Cup, the other competition, the one thing we've complained about is the draws. We really have no complaints about that fourth round draw. We've nah. got a, a really good tie at home. And, you know, you, you've got Spurs, Man City going head to head. You've got Chelsea. And Johnny, Liverpool. I said, I was, I was convinced that, I was convinced that whoever, Gary Mabbitt's obviously got us and Spurs mixed up or us in city mixed up you know yeah. It, yeah it looks like we probably were supposed to be away at spurs and they were supposed to be home to norwich or Bristol rovers yeah it's it's it really is it's it's a really good draw it's really opened up there's going to be you know arsenal already we've put them to bed um, and they want to hear just what I was going to say that there's a i think there's something like six all premier league ties in this draw and there's already a few out yeah, it's really, really opening up. I mean, there's going to be, you're going to have one of of of, of Spurs and, and, and City gone. You're going to have one of Chelsea, Villa gone. Um, Newcastle have a really tough game at Fulham. Uh, I think United have a pretty handy, probably, possibly Eastley or someone like that, or Newport. So they well, got again, a, that's another, but, but Johnny, that, in all seriousness, that's another well-balanced tie, you know. <laughs> Indeed, touche. So it's good. It's, it's good. The, the, it's opening up well. I think Clap just summed it up well. I thought the post match when he said about Fulham, he said, "Look, it's going to be a tough game, and we're going to need a good performance." You know, they've they've been really good at home. It's going to take a good performance, a really good performance, to get to to finish that off now. But that's the way it should be. I know I put that in the group last night. That's the way it should be to get to a final at Wembley. You've, you should have to earn it. Uh, we're going to have to go to Fulham and be put in a good performance and see them off. And uh, that's exactly how it should be to get to Wembley and hopefully win the first trophy of the, the season. Yeah, and, and no doubt the first trophy of the season, Beryl, it's um, I loathe, I loathe to refer, reference him because... He's just a despicable human being, but he was right in this point where Mourinho always said, you get that first trophy on the board and it really sets a standard. Um, and I think against Fulham, Darwin comes on and really makes a difference and puts us in this position. Um, you know, if he, he feeds Jones the ball for the first goal, it's great movement, um, a good first touch, unusually, and a good cross, which Gakpo finishes like expertly, just sweeps it in at the front post, <laughs> and then, and then he just, he, and then he goes to pass the ball down the line, just kicks it out for a bye ball, <laughs> and and then Johnny's right, you know, it should be three one because, you know, Bradley puts one on a plate for him that he he, he kind of throws throws himself at rather than just guiding it in, so it's it's the most Darwin performance you're ever likely to see. Um, and I know he has his detractors, and I'm not going to lie, I, I'm certainly one of them. I, I want more from him in a number of different areas, but you cannot deny that there are occasions we've seen, and Newcastle's obviously the, you know, the, the gold standard one here, but when you bring him off the bench, and all of a sudden, nobody, no, the opposition just don't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? It's like throwing a fucking hand grenade into the middle of a kids disco or something um so you know i'm just curious in, in your opinion here the majority of his good work that we've seen certainly since salah's gone the last couple of games i think maybe earlier on the season have been him working off those 
those wide positions. Yeah, it's uh, you know uh, I I I said last week uh, if he wants to be the number nine of of, of Liverpool, then you know he should start scoring uh, those guilt edge chances. But maybe, maybe he doesn't want to be the number nine. Maybe he wants to be number eleven. Um, you know, n- numbers aside, uh, he, he seems more effective um, uh, on the wing, and you know, it can make more use of his speed because uh, you know there's generally more space uh, uh, on the wings. Um, yeah, he 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 frustrated me uh, a couple of games because you know he missed some really easy chances and. Um, and we spoke about this last week. He, he and he was, you know, just blaming everything on the keeper, or you know, um, you know, everywhere, but 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 not in the goal. Um, I think it would be harsh to 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 say he, he uh, the 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 miss that he had that that was one of those misses. I thought he he did almost everything right. I think this was just a good save by by. Uh, uh, I wanted to say Jay Leno, but uh, no, uh, uh, Bert Leno. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing up. Uh, <laughs> for, it's a few for times some, tonight, Beryl, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I called Cole Palmer, Carlton Palmer, but you know, uh, never mind. Um, yeah. So uh, Mr. Leno had a, you know, uh, one of one of the uh, the two uh, had a re- uh, had a really good game, I thought, and uh, and this was uh, I thought just was a good save, and um, it would be harsh to 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 say this was a one of those misses. Um, and yeah, he, he gave an assist. I, I wouldn't want to call the, the one on, uh, you know, the, the, the little pass on uh, uh, on Curtis an assist. But yeah, maybe uh, statistically, it, it is one of those. Uh, that, you know, that that chance was created for for a large part by uh, by Jota, um, who, who made something out of you know really nothing but uh, and by uh, the back of of Tosin Adarabioyo uh, something like that um yeah we were a bit lucky there but then again um we would do some luck i would say uh and, and yeah we could have won uh, by more but we we could have also drawn because they had some chances in in the period just before Gakpo and uh, and Darwin came on because uh, yeah we we were out of ideas, and when Darwin comes in, uh, you know I, I, I'm unsure about what happens when you throw a, a grenade into a, a kid's disco. You know, other than people dying, but um, it, it, you know, if if Darwin enters the game, yeah, something happens. <laughs> uh, Burl, that is an analogy that I will never forget. That's nice. <laughs> No, yeah, it's 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 a Mr. Mr. Dunning's uh, analogy, and uh, I just you know yeah. I'm trying to understand. Listen, it. We're, listen, I'm from Northern Ireland. It's just those sorts of analogies that immediately spring to mind. And just on, just on that, Johnny. Um, last ten for or not the last ten. I can't remember. I don't know when the teams are made. Last half hour, Arsenal, and then obviously at Fulham. Another boy from Northern Ireland comes in. And Bradley has, you know, I go to the national games and you can see there's a few players there. You know, I think Shay Charles is, is another one. Uh, but you can see, despite their inexperience, that they are just levels above the other players that they're playing with, that are, that are playing in championship and league one football. Like, they are levels above. Um, and it's blatantly obvious and he, he has that bad injury he's Bolton's player of the year last year um, and you think okay great and you always worry with a long term injury is he going to be the same but he comes back in there and you know he looks like he, he looks like he hasn't missed a beat if anything it looks like he's got better by doing nothing which is random and weird but again on on Wednesday night, he is like he's. We talk about Darwin, but like Bradley's all action. He's all action, and I think maybe his his frame sort of makes it look that way a little bit more as well because he is kind of rangy and still still looks like a, a gangly teenager. But like that kid has, he's got the 
he's certainly got the talent, but more than anything else, I think he's got the just the pure competitiveness and determination to really make a career for himself at the top end. Yeah, I mean, all the signs are at this at this point. Gotta say, he looks completely non-phased by the pressure of playing for Liverpool, which is probably the number one thing you're looking at in a kid that age, because um, at a club that size, with the players and the profile, that can eat you alive straight away from the get-go. And some players, some kids that are, you know, at 15, 16, 17, regarded as, oh, you want to see this kid play? Then they, they come onto the scene and they hit the first team and people are like, what was all the fuss about? And he's certainly not in that category. He looks like he's got the right swagger about him. You know, he looks really confident. He he likes to take a man on. I thought he was excellent at Arsenal. I really did. He was coming on against a fresh Martinelli that had been sprung from the bench. And he just looked really, really comfortable. His body shape defended against him. He ushered him. He... He, he he just stood up and he dealt with him and going the other way as well. I thought last night, you know, he's 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 got a certain calmness about him too. He's not a headless chicken. Like he didn't just charge to the byline and try and force crosses over either. He's he's very much coached into that modern recycle. You know, if you don't see the obvious good pass, just recycle the play, come back inside and and and, and keep the attack going, keep it simple. And he done a lot of that. But he did, I think it was him, played the ball in for Darwin near the end where Darwin gets across his man. And it's a great save by Leno, yeah. his legs. It's, but it's a super ball. And yeah, temperament-wise, I mean, I'm always cautious with young players that age because Christ almighty, especially with fullbacks. I mean, football's such a ruthless game. You know, those ages from like 17, 18 through to 20, 21, they're so unpredictable. You just can't. You know, we've let's be honest, Dave. We've seen the likes of like John Flanagan. <laughs> you know, you think about John Flanagan in the season where we pushed for the title under Brendan Rodgers. Where he came the Scouse Cafu, Johnny. The Scouse Cafu, don't forget. The Scouse Cafu. I mean, if if anything is a cautionary tale about, you know, remember the way things can go. You know, he came in at left back and he just was so sharp at the tackles. He he looked so so good, but ultimately. His career was really, really mediocre. He never really made it anywhere. He went up to Rangers and he couldn't even cut it in Scotland. So you've always got to be careful. But, you know, thinking positively about it, um, he looks like he's got something. And Klopp is talking about him like he's really got something. Klopp seems to really like everything about him. So, yeah, it's funny, Johnny. He's just on that, right? Klopp, Klopp, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong here because I might be looking through that kind of, you know, green and white army, rose-tinted glasses here, but he's probably double figures now for Liverpool in games. He's been used, you know, at, at most opportunities that he can. He's been loaned out last season and was told, you know, like, you're not going anywhere this year because we've got a use for you this year. And it's very rarely Klopp puts a stock, puts his stock in a, in a young player in that manner, and they don't end up becoming, you know, a, a first-team player. You could probably point to Reese Williams and, and, and that Phillips, but that was break glass because of the situation we were in at the time. Yeah, that's true. and. And let's be honest, is there a manager in world football that you trust more to be a father figure and bring a young player through and give him confidence and protect him? I can't think of one. You know, and if you think of the way Trent and Curtis Jones, the way Harvey Elliott's progressed, even Joe Gomez under Klopp's tutelage, you know, he's, he's the manager you want. So all the signs point to... Uh, and I think it could be, you know, th- that this could be a really important find if he can progress and if he really can become a top class viable option at right back. 
especially given the fellow we've been talking about that's been our conventional right back. You know, if we can find that real depth in there to be able to, you know, give Trent these opportunities to come in field and change games, um, it could be a really pivotal thing, pivotal thing in this team taking the next step in the next couple of years. But yeah, listen, he deserves all the plaudits in the world. Bradley's two high-profile cup games, obviously a massive game at Arsenal, a League Cup semi-final where he's played 90 minutes. And um, his temperament, his whole demeanour, the quality, he wasn't phased at all. And that's a really good sign, especially when he's coming to a team that is missing a lot of quality as well. You know, there's a lot of players missing at the minute and he and he's come in and he's done a real job. So it's all positive. I mean, I'm not trying to be a downer on it. I'm just, uh, it's all positive, but we've been there with young players before and it can be a bit of a, a roller coaster ride, but hopefully he's got what it takes to, to push it through and become the next, you know, the next Trent, the next Elliot, the next Jones, the next Gomez that really goes from being really young and raw and to being a, a, an important part of a of the team. Yeah, I'm just going to continue to keep my um, Northern Ireland blinkers on here, um, so that's fine. Beryl, just just to finish off this this section, um, like we said, Dar- Darwin comes on, Gakko, Gakko comes on, they make the difference. Obviously, we talked about Bradley um, and even Young. Um, what do you call him? Clark, Bobby Clark and having an impact in games and I heard a statistic today there's no one no team has scored more goals or goal contributions or whatever it was from substitutes than, than Liverpool this season with 19 um, and I think that's just in the league which is insane we've obviously got the options from the bench but and I'm not sure we talked about this in another pod or, or, or just offline but Klopp really does seem to have maximised the advantage that you can gain from the five subs rule. And I think this has been a feature of Klopp for a long time now. His ability to change things in-game, both tactically and certainly from, from a substitution perspective, is, for me, second to none. And I think that's the reason that we are where we are. And that's the reason I think that we'll continue to go on this trajectory. Yeah, it's, um, you know, um, the, I, I wasn't um, uh, much of a fan of the, 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 the five subs rule because it, it favours um, clubs, teams, that have uh, uh, you know uh, the deepest pockets because you know that they can afford to have um, you know besides uh, eleven uh, very good players, it can also have uh, another eleven and and you know stock them uh, on the bench and and and. and it's and, true, Beryl, but I would counter yeah. that by saying those clubs probably play twenty five percent more matches this season. Yeah, sure, but you know, if you look at, um, you know, if there would be a mini competition between those clubs, then uh, still uh, th- there would be an advantage for you know the, the deeper your pockets. But you know, th- this is a fact of life, I would say. Um, and uh, also, you know, th- there there is another uh, counter argument. You know, um, the the amount of games has uh, you know, uh, it it's 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 getting. Uh, to to a point that that you 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 really need more players because you, you will run them into the ground if you uh, keep playing the same players and um and yeah uh, it's it it looks like a Klopp who who looked like a, a more conservative uh, coach who, who favored um you know a, a certain eleven and tried to to, to get the, the same eleven uh, on the pitch as as much as as possible. Um, he, he seems to have uh, embraced this new reality, and and yeah, he he changes games, and and we we mentioned uh, the changes that were made um, against Arsenal, and and those were tactical, uh, you know, firstly because uh, I, I, I thought you know Gakpo in midfield and uh, Elliot 
up front. I thought that was the, the wrong way around, you know, uh, and, and I will always caveat that by saying, you know, I, I'm uh, just a fan and uh, I know uh, uh, not as much about football as, as, as the professionals do, probably. But it, 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 I, I thought maybe I, I was right because things were changed around and things uh, um, went better then. And, um, you know, this was a tactical change. Um, but also, yeah, uh, um, bringing other players on is could be just a part of your your tactics. Um, you you uh, and so, sometimes there are some some uh, coaches, some managers. Uh, you know, Guardiola is one of those who you know, sometimes doesn't sub uh, all, all you know all of the game. So it starts with an eleven and ends the game with them, and and maybe you know. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to make a point or something like that. But uh, I, I like uh, um, thinking about how you want to sub, when you want to sub, and when, how you want to change the game after a, 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 you know um, a certain amount of, of, of minutes played or something like that. I don't know. It's not an amount. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it, it goes to show that that someone. Uh, who has been in his job for a long while can still develop, and if he's open to it, and I think that that's one of the great qualities of of Jurgen Klopp is that he he, he isn't conservative in uh, isn't conservative in the sense that he uh, uh, thinks he knows uh, there is one proper way to do things, and 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 he, he will not change his mind. Uh, you know, quite the opposite. He, he, he's constantly looking for how, uh, you know, you can change things, uh, improve, etc. And this is one of the improvements. And I think uh, it really works out. And now we are missing a, a couple of players. And uh, so, uh, you know, other players have to come in and young players and they get a chance to, sh- to show themselves. And uh, yeah, and, and, and lo and behold, uh, they, they have something to give. And, uh, and Connor Bradley is one. And uh, I loved the yellow card that uh, that uh, young Clark, um, you know, he, he had to t- take down uh, Rice there and he did it. And, I, I, you know, that's a sign of maturity, you could say. So, yeah, um, I, I like this trend. Um, uh, yeah, let, let, I, th- this is something that, that we will benefit from, I would say. Yeah, the, the, the yellow card was absolutely magnificent. It was... <laughs> It was a thing of utter magnificence. Um, it was so like 1984, um, or if you want, Fernandinho. Anyway, um, all right, Johnny, let's uh, let's just look at where we are. So, look, I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. I don't know you. You early on this is like no. I'm not getting dragged. I'm not getting dragged into this again. I'm just not. Um, but you know, legitimately, legitimately, given all we've talked about, given the depth of the squad, and I think, yeah, it's going to be a tight few games. But and we've got a lot of boys out. But I think we sort of expect kind of Trent, Sabozlai, Robertson, Simicus potentially Thiago and Bichette kind of back within a couple of weeks of each other at the end of the month, moving into February. And then, you know, you'd hope that you'll have Mo Salah uh, and Endo back back as well. And if, obviously, I don't know whether I mentioned Trent, can't remember, because there's not many boys out injured and I can't even think. Um, but we've put ourselves in such a good position and we're now January used to be the month where it was like this is this'll this'll separate the wheat from the chaff, but actually they've they've put this weird wintry break thing in now as well. So kind of February has become the new January. But you're looking at those games and thinking that that's make or break, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean this season's funny and that I mean I can only speak for me personally in that I haven't really felt the tension that much as in every game been do or die, not in a way that it was between, you know, the 19, you know, 20, 
Yeah, well, I think it's because team, teams are teams are dropping points, and we know it's not going to be a we know it's going to be sort of a an eighty five to ninety sort of title winning season, and that's maybe why. I don't even think it's that though. Uh, I think yeah, at that point, you, you clearly knew we were one of the best teams in the world, and you knew we were up against City, who there was pretty much zero margin for error against. I found this season up to now. I never expected a title challenge. I really didn't. I, I just thought the, the midfield rebuild was too much. I've, I felt we were a couple of players short. So I've been probably more relaxed about it than other seasons. Now, as the, the weeks are going by, I'm finding myself really getting sucked in all, all into every game where you're like kicking every ball. And that's great because that's what you want to be. You know, once games don't really mean anything, um, or they're not as big a deal, that's sort of a sign that your you you know your standards are dropping. But it's sort of crept up on us now, where we we're in this position, and I mean, we talked about it before the pod when we were chatting about you know there is this thing about city where we're all sort of wondering, and maybe it's the the PTSD of going next neck and neck with City and losing out in league titles ridiculously with things like 97 points, 92 points, uh, losing out in league titles, that you've got this thing in your head about, you know, it's inevitable that they're going to come, you know, De Bruyne's back, Holland's back, are they just going to go on this on this streak? Um, and who knows? Maybe they will, but certainly the signs would point to this season that, as you say, Dave, it's it's going to be a lower tally to win the league. You, you don't have to be perfect. Um, are City going to string together a 12-match or 13-match winning run, which a lot of people seem to think they will? Maybe, maybe they will, but we've certainly put ourselves in a position where you're looking at the games between now, you know, February, and if we can get through, I, I think the weekend, not the weekend, I think, you know, well, this weekend's big because away to Newcastle, I think with a week's rest, it'll be a really tricky game for 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 City, and you'd really hope Newcastle could take something out of that. I think Bournemouth away is going to be a really tough tough game just because of the players we have out. Um, but yeah, you're right. Listen, it is really exciting. We've got players to come back if we can just navigate this period as we've been doing without Mo, without Ando, get a few bodies back. Get into February, building up to that fucking enormous home game with City. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe the most sort of unexpected thing of the Klopp era could happen because I don't think anyone would have gone into the season expecting a league title. I certainly didn't. I didn't even see a title challenge, if I'm honest. So, yeah, listen, it's pretty much a dream scenario to be in mid January in all the cups. And a lot of the, the the players really starting to fit into the groove and winning games when we're playing bad. So the garden is, you've got to say, as a Liverpool supporter right now, everything in the garden's rosy. Yeah, we've got a few injuries. We could have done without Trent for three weeks. But listen, any Liverpool fan that looks at that league table, looks at where we're sitting, if you'd have offered this to a Liverpool fan in, in, in August, they're uh, they're a liar. <laughs> they're a liar if they say they wouldn't absolutely bit bit your arm off for of this. So, yeah, bring it on. It's going to be an exciting three four months now. Yeah, it is going to be an exciting three four months. They're all just to finish off. Um, you know, you'd ex- you'd expect we get to a league cup final. You'd hope we you know a draw. Fulham is not. Out of the world, you know, out of the realms of possibility. That's fine. That takes us through. Um, given the other two teams in the semi-final, and given where we are in the other competitions, like, do you think that there is now a kind of, as Johnny says, the goalposts have moved, the expectation has risen. Where do you think the bare minimum expectation is now? from a trophy perspective? Oh my, that's, uh, yeah. I, 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 I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Middlesbrough, Chelsea. Uh, I think that's still 50-50 chance for both of them. But, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I would fancy our chances against Chelsea as much as I would fancy them against Middlesbrough. We, we still need to get past uh, Fulham. But yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we should be able to get a draw there. Uh, so yeah, I think League Cup is not in the bag. I won't say that, but I think there is a, a, a more than 50% chance that we get that one. Um, uh, you know, just as, as Johnny said, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting us to to challenge for the top places, uh, let alone for the championship. But um, um, yeah, now we're th that we're there and we, we, we know what we can do. Uh, I think there is uh, there is clearly, you know, we spoke about this uh, uh, after the game against Newcastle. It's um, it, it was inevitable that we would win that game. We were so relentlessly uh, dominant that there was no chance, uh, you know, literally zero chance that we would not win that game. And, and we have this um, this uh, spirit. Uh, we have this at Anfield. But I think if if we can um, emulate, you know, eighty percent of that when we're away, because you know, remember the way the away games against Sheffield United, etc., uh, Luton even. Um, it, sometimes uh, away from home, we 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 seem to be. Uh, a shell of our, uh, ourselves, and I, if if we just upped our game a bit more, you know, away, then I think we we have a really good chance, um, you know, to to go, to, you know, to, to take it to, to to April May, and beforehand before the season, I I was I was really thinking that we would would be and should be the the favourites for the Europa League, so. Um, yeah, uh, I think the minimum is at least two of those three, I would say. But maybe I am getting ahead four. of myself now. Two of the four, they're all. Yeah, I, I, the, the FA Cup, I, I, I didn't take into account there. Yeah, yeah, it's still a long way to go, and there are pebbles on the way. But yeah, next round should be should be doable. Let's yeah again, not be uh, not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, yeah. It it, do, it does seem to be that. I think it, it's really interesting. I think the the way that we play, which as you've mentioned, is is just relentless. It's almost mirrored by, you know, the the sheer resilience and you know just defiance that this team shows at the moment and there are parallels between watching us on the pitch and, and the style of football that we see and the mentality that these players have so you know long may that continue and until next time folks um thanks for joining us Dave, oh. do you know what just one final thing i was going to say like I would, when, when we're talking about this season and the the changes and the transformation in the team i think you have to say as well like compared to last season. I think the young players and the new signings and the fresh legs and the team, someone's giving Klopp a flesh, a fresh lease of life as well. I mean, he just seems really excited and reinvigorated. He just seems like, I've got this, I've got another really fucking team with a real future here. And I think, and Johnny, I, that's a really good point because I think, I, think I think he loves, like, I'm, I could be wrong here, but from everything that you've read and and heard and, and watched of Klopp, um, he seems to love having those young players, being able to mould them, being able to almost, you know, father them and look after them. And, and, and when these, you know, we've talked about the likes of Quanta, Jones now making a step, Bradley coming into the squad, Charlie. you know, a young a young Sabozlai, McAllister, and he's like, I have all these new cracker footballers that I can put my arm around and mould in this image and bring along. And I think that's what gets him out of bed in the morning. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think he loves the journey. Like Klopp lives for that story of 
bringing players through and being through stuff together and ultimately getting. And I think last season, he looked a bit like our team did in midfield. <laughs> he just looked a wee bit old and jaded and out of ideas. And it's just amazing that just an injection of young players that are willing to do the running and do the pressing, everything about the team this season, the energy, the pressing, it looks like a club team. And he looks like himself. He looks like he's got that sparkle back as well. And and I just think that's really exciting. I genuinely think his demeanour and everything about him is going nowhere. I think he sees something in this group for the next three, four years. And I think that's really exciting. Thinking beyond May and whatever this season might bring, I think longer term for Liverpool, the next three or four years, I, I think that's really something that we as a, a, a fan base can get really excited by. That, you know, we've got this group, we've got this manager, and I think they're going to be together and doing exciting things for three or four years. So it's going to be a good ride anyway, and hopefully, hopefully some pots along the way, and hopefully a couple of the big ones again. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny, absolutely fair and, and totally agree. Um, you've absolutely shafted me on my outro, though. So, um, yeah, until next time, folks, up the clock for five more years, Reds. <laughs>